This is Radio Parallax, a slightly different perspective from a slightly different view, with topics that include matters in science, technology, history, politics, current events, and whatever we damn well please. And now the host of Radio Parallax, Douglas Everett. This uh, community-based radio station has many constituencies, and among them are the listeners for Cal Aggie Sports. Today, the uh, UC Davis baseball team went against UC Santa Barbara. Our uh, sports director here at KDVS, Marvin Denoso, shot me an email earlier this week reminding me of this fact, which did make it tough to plan uh, this show. We're, of course, happy to give up our airtime to the worthy endeavor of sports broadcasts here on this station. But this did create a bit of a problem, a bit of a head-scratcher for both us and for Marvin and the sports team. We have an excellent interview with Charles Seif, excellent science writer for New Scientist magazine about his book, Sun in a Bottle. But given that it's impossible to know when a baseball game uh, will end, or even if it'll start when you're still in the rainy season in Northern California, well, we don't know whether we're going to air that today or whether we'll air it next Thursday. That being said, let's see if we can lay down about, oh, 18 minutes here for our first segment. We start every program with On This Date in History, and we'll make no exception today. Today's date is April 9th, and it was on April 9th in the year 243 that Mani, an Iranian religious figure who attempted to fuse the teachings of Jesus Christ and Zoroaster, made his first appearance as a preacher, at least according to tradition. Manichaeism became a very popular religion in the ancient world and at one time was a major rival of Christianity. In fact, the Christian church made a major effort to stamp it out, which unfortunately for Mani was pretty successful. On this date in the year 837, Halley's Comet made its closest known passage to Earth. And that must have been a pretty close shave because I know in 1910, the Earth actually passed through the tail of the comet and that its appearance filled two-thirds of the night sky. Quite a startling contrast to the astoundingly crappy appearance the comet made in 1986. The one this correspondent had been waiting for for two decades. But if you missed that one, and you didn't miss much, it's only in 2061 on your calendar. That's just now 52 years away when it will make its next show in the sky. And no, I don't know if anyone's done the math yet as to whether it's going to be a magnificent appearance or a dud. By their very nature, comets tend to slow down and accelerate a little bit out in space, so I think there's a certain imprecision in this. But you know, that's a good question. Any astronomers out there know the answer to that, please drop us a line at info at radioparallax.com. An awful lot of you hearing my voice right now are going to be around in 2061, and um, I've got my fingers crossed for you. As for me, I'll be over 100. Doesn't look good. Speaking of Halley's Comet, it was on April 9th in 1859 that Samuel Langhorne Clemens, age 23, received a license to pilot steamboats on the Mississippi River. He's better known to you and me as Mark Twain. Twain piloted steamboats, a job he loved, until the American Civil War broke out in 1861 and pretty much closed down traffic on the Mississippi. It was at that point that he turned to writing. So I guess you might say that was one silver lining to the cloud of the American Civil War. And you know, his book, Life on the Mississippi, isn't one of his most famous books, but you know, it's really very good. In it, he told the story of how it is he became a steamboat captain. In it, he tells the story of how it was that he became a steamboat pilot. 
It was on April 9th, 1962, that the Hollywood musical West Side Story, an updated Romeo and Juliet tale set in gang-ridden New York City, won 10 Academy Awards. I would add, in spite of the astoundingly lame performances by the two leads. West Side Story, however, does remain a remarkable production, and uh, if you get a chance to see it on the stage, by all means, do so. The movie? Mm, Don't bother. And finally, it was on April 9th in 1961, and what is surely a trivia item, the distinguished journal Nature decided to publish the longest scientific name in history. It was a systematic name for the human mitochondrial DNA. The name ran to 207,000 letters. This would have been a case where it would have been much simpler to have simply listed the sequence of the various base pairs in the DNA rather than name it. This is really kind of the equivalent of, say, taking a map of Highway 80 between Sacramento and San Francisco and then naming it based on all of the exits that you encounter. You could probably invent such a name, but why would you? Our quote of the day comes from the immortal Oscar Wilde, who once said, A gentleman is one who never hurts anyone's feelings unintentionally. Our quip of the day comes from the equally immortal in his own way, Frank Zappa, who said, Most rock journalism is people who can't write interviewing people who can't talk for people who can't read. Our joke of the day is as follows. Three bulls are out in the field talking about the fact they just heard that the farmers bought a new bull to come join him. First bull says, boys, I've been here five years. I got 50 cows. I'll tell you what, I'm not giving up any of them. Second bull says, that says it for me too. I've been here three years. I got 30 cows. I don't know where he's going to, he's not getting any of mine. Third bull says, well, I've only been here one year and I've only got 10 cows, but I'll tell you what, I'm not giving up any of mine either. At that point, an 18-wheeler pulls up in the pasture and a big, giant, biggest bull anybody's ever seen comes stomping off the back of the vehicle. He almost breaks the steel ramp, climbing down. First bull says, you know what? I might be able to spare a few cows. Second bull says, yeah, what the heck? I'm not looking for an argument. They look over at the third bull. He's pawing the ground. He's shaking his horns. He's snorting up a storm. First bull says, son, let me give you some advice. Let him have some of your cows. Live to tell about it. Third bull says, hell, he can have all my cows. I'm just making sure he knows I'm a bull. Our statistic of the day is as follows. The AIG bailout has reached $186 billion and counting. That makes it significantly greater than the gross domestic product of the Philippine Islands, which house 96 million people. All right, let's do the good, the bad, and the ugly. According to The Week magazine, it was a good week last week for excuses. After a woman caught driving 103 miles an hour on an Oregon road with her 10-year-old grandson in the car, 
Explained the police he was only trying to teach the boy never to drive that fast. It was, on the other hand, a really bad week last week for having God as your co-pilot. When a Tunisian pilot was sentenced to 10 years in prison because he paused to pray instead of taking emergency measures before crash landing his plane. And finally, it was an ugly week last week for visualizing world peace. After Miss Venezuela, actually who's more properly now, Miss Universe, since Miss Universe generally is Miss Venezuela for some strange reason, uh, paid a visit to the Guantanamo Bay military base and declared it a lot of fun. After seeing the detainee camps and recreation areas, Diana Mendoza said, I don't want to leave. It was such a relaxing place. So calm and beautiful. Except for the waterboarding, probably so. By the way, this will also make Diana Mendoza, Miss Universe, our first candidate in the upcoming Jackass of the Week contest. And in fact, since I mentioned it, let's just do it right now. Our second candidate, and this is actually a holdover from a couple weeks ago, but we didn't get to it, so we'll put him in this week's contest, is Pope Benedict XVI. On a recent trip to Africa, the Pope said that condoms would, in fact, worsen the AIDS crisis. Yes, according to the pontiff, quote, you can't resolve it with the distribution of condoms. On the contrary, it increases the problem. This prompted the prestigious medical journal The Lancet to say that uh, the Pope publicly distorted scientific evidence to promote Catholic doctrine on this issue. Our uh, third candidate and making his second appearance in three weeks is MSNBC's Jim Cramer, who among his other idiot rantings on the show Mad Money is now suggesting that uh, his recommendations will allow you to, quote, Obama-proof your portfolio, unquote. What you may be more wise to do is to Cramer-proof your portfolio. This is the guy that thought AIG was looking pretty good, right up to the point where it wasn't. Finally, our fourth candidate for Jackass of the Week are a bunch of miscellaneous Filipino fishermen who, according to the World Wildlife Fund, accidentally caught one of the world's rarest fishes, a megamouth shark. Only 40 others have ever been recorded to have been encountered. Reportedly, a WWF uh, uh, representative took pictures of the megamouth shark and tried to dissuade the fishermen from eating it. However, being that shark meat is the main, ing- main ingredient in a local delicacy, The fishermen butchered it and consumed it. My understanding is they added some coconut milk and had at it. Once again, the candidates are Miss Universe, The Pope, Jim Cramer, and a bunch of fishermen in the Philippines. We'll announce the winner a little later in the program. All right, let's do a bit of a news roundup from around the world, starting with uh, the UC Davis campus, where apparently some individuals tried to make news out of the fact that they were going to show, oh my God, a pornographic film on campus. I guess what story there is in this is that uh, some enterprising marketer in the porn industry has taken this movie titled Pirates 2, Stagnetti's Revenge, described as a big-budget porn movie that combines computer-generated special effects with explicit sex scenes, and offered it up to various campuses across the country for free. The university, a bit sensitive about this, did note that no university funds were spent on the movie screening and that the campus does not censor student events, performances, or publications, also radio shows, and had no plans to cancel the event. 
You know, this correspondent recalls seeing uh, X-rated movies shown on campus circa 1977. As I recall, the event was rather boisterous, with much audience participation in the way of cat calls and remarks from the crowd. And I'm sorry, it's hard for me to think of this as bad in really any way. Did note the uh, Parade Magazine intelligence report last Sunday on why the census matters. And the very next door, the very next day, I did notice someone going through my neighborhood with a census badge on. Keeping what I suggested that uh, one ought to do, when my door was knocked on a little bit later, and I knew who it was, I didn't respond. Well, why passively resist the efforts of the Census Bureau to simply enumerate us? Well, I think I got a pretty good reason. My mother still tells the story of how it was she got in the car one day with my grandfather and drove off to go visit his Japanese friend. It was World War II, and under federal government order, Japanese Americans were rounded up and placed in concentration camps. My mother still remembers what a tough, uh, tough event that was. Uh, The man was crying, my grandpa was crying, everybody was upset. They were carted off to spend several years, uh, you know, basically, you know, under guard for the crime of being of Japanese ancestry. Where did they get the data to know where to go and round these people up? Well, it was handily provided by the U.S. Census Bureau. But anyway, you want to fill out the forms, well, it's your right to do it. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not helping them. And by the way, the opinions you hear on this program do not, very definitely do not necessarily represent those of KDVS, our sponsors, or the regions of the University of California. All right, and speaking of non-news items, as we just were in regards to porno on campus, how about this one? North Korea just launched a rocket. Now, North Korea is a country that probably should be spending its money on things other than rockets. And it is somewhat humorous to note that the North Koreans claim that they placed a satellite in orbit using the rocket. But since it's very, very easy for people to tell using radar whether something was placed in orbit or not, that was a pretty flimsy lie. And admittedly, North Korea would like to sell some of their technology, which they've gotten from Russia and China, to no small degree, to other nations like uh, Iran. Well, this has some, you know, this has some ramifications. But I think you should keep in mind, this is a country where you can look at satellite photos of the Korean Peninsula at night, and North Korea is dark. It is not exactly a major threat to uh, world peace. Now, it is one of the last of the dinosaurs of old-style communism, it, I suppose, in Fidel Castro's Cuba. But uh, this correspondent has a sneaking suspicion that we're making such a big deal about this to justify some of our rather grotesque expenditures on arms. The U.S. is... Well, the U.S. outspends the entire rest of the world, apparently, on armaments. And you've got to justify it somehow now, don't you? Speaking of Cuba, there appears to be some uh, hint of change in the wind. The Obama administration's hinting that it's about time we got rid of the embargo against uh, Cuba. Having been placed by John F. Kennedy, it does appear to have been somewhat less than a resounding success in bringing down the Castro regime. And uh, speaking of old-style thinking, uh, how about this headline? France is back in NATO after 43 years. And as I believe this week, also Albania and Croatia were now admitted to NATO. We've asked the question on this program before and probably should ask it again. Why do we even have a NATO? NATO was created so that Joseph Stalin and the Red Army would not overrun Western Europe. Joseph Stalin died in 1953, 
and the Soviet Union ceased to exist in 1992. This would tend to diminish the possibility that the Soviet Red Army was about to overrun Europe, wouldn't you think? Of course, it's nice to note that the new administration appears to be uh, trying to mend fences with Russia, who I think, I think has every right in the geopolitical sense to, to be a bit miffed about all these weapons being pointed at it, when it seems clear that it has not, in fact, misbehaved for quite some time. And speaking of crossing borders, uh, drug violence seems to be uh, continuing on in a dull roar south of the border in Mexico. The uh, violent drug cartels are uh, incredibly influential in Mexican affairs, and these narco-traficantes are pretty much, uh, you know, strutting about at will. In fact, the risk of having a destabilized Mexico is quite real. Um, the State Department officials looking at what's going on are ranking Mexico about on par with Pakistan currently in terms of inherent instability. Well, what's finally getting some traction in the news media is the fact that all of this violence going on is fueled by drug money, that's true, but the market for the drugs is here in the U.S. of A. And the weapons that are being used in all this violence are crossing the border north to south. Anyway, Mr. Merlin tells me we're at the 18-minute mark, so let's close by announcing our winner of the Jackass of the Week. We have to admit, we can't make up our minds, so we've had to award a tie. The, uh, the co-winners this week are Miss Universe Diana Mendoza, who had the following to say on her blog. This week, Guantanamo. It was an incredible experience. All the guys from the army were amazing with us. We visited the detainees camps and we saw the jails where they shower, how they recreate themselves with movies, classes of, classes of art, books. It was very interesting. The water in Guantanamo Bay is so beautiful. I didn't want to leave. It was such a relaxing place. So calm and beautiful. Yeah, as bad as that is, though, that's every bit equaled by the Pope when he says that the use of condoms increases the problem of AIDS in Africa. This, of course, is not medically factual. It has been proven that condoms are useful in the prevention of the spread of the HIV virus. So there, there they are, the Radio Parallax Jackasses of the Week. And we do want to note uh, that our bumper music we'll go out with is something uh, in commemoration of the Pope. It was written and performed by the legendary Tom Lear, who was born on this date in 1928. Dr. Lear is currently a professor of mathematics at UC Santa Cruz. I've been big fans of his The Vatican Rag. You're listening to Radio Parallax. I'm Douglas Everett. Stay tuned. First you get down on your knees, fiddle with your rosaries, bow your head with great respect and genuflect, genuflect, genuflect. Do whatever steps you want if you have cleared them with the pontiff. Everybody say his own, Kyrie eleison, doing the Vatican rag. Processional, step into that small confessional. They're the guy who's got religion. I'll tell you if your sin's original. If it is, try playing it safer. Drink the wine and chew the wafer. Two, four, six, eight. Time to transubstantiate.